Welcome back to another episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. This is Ben. Mike's not here. Stepping in for him is Ricky O'Donnell, and we're doing this because we're talking college basketball, and Mike is allergic to college basketball. Ricky, thanks for joining me. He's such an elitist. It's it, like, you know, respect the everyman. Agreed. Agreed. It's like, if it's not the best, then I don't really want to look at it. I don't want to pay attention to it, and that's why Mike's taking this one off. Ricky, you spend even more time on college basketball than, I don't know, anybody I know of. So I appreciate you coming in, man, especially because I bet you probably had this conversation a couple times already today. So we'll try to do do it a little differently. And and most of that is we're not going to fill out a bracket right now, but I want to know what to look for. I want to know what players, what matchups interest you specifically, because you do spend more time than anybody I know watching college hoops. So you have a, a more focused lens. So let's start off with. In the first round, tell me about some matchups that intrigue you that might not be like, oh, I want to see how Duke looks coming out of that tournament, or I want to watch you know, this number one seed play like Kansas had an early loss in the Big 12 tournament. Give me some matchups that are like more interesting to you from a both team standpoint. Sure. I think the best matchup of the first round is Dayton versus Wichita in the South Bracket. Mm. The Flyers are a seven seed. The Shockers are a 10 seed. <laughs> Both of those teams I thought could be potential Elite Eight teams uh, before this was all announced. Wichita might be the most disrespected team in the <laughs> history of the NCAA tournament. It is ridiculous. Yeah. A 10 seed for them when Minnesota's a 5. Yeah. When Vanderbilt is whatever they are, 7 or whatever it is. 8-9 matchup uh, there. 8-9, yeah. Eight, nine, yeah. Yep. Uh, and this is just not a one-year thing. Like last year, Wichita had to play in the play-in game. Three years ago, when they were the undefeated number one seed entering the tournament, they matched up against Kentucky as an eight seed. They, yeah. When Kentucky had seven McDonald's All-American, whatever. Yeah. Julius Randle, those guys. That was one of the great games in NCAA tournament history when Clean Anthony Early and the Shockers just barely lost yep. to the Harrison brothers and Julius Randle. So... <laughs> If Wichita State can win this game, and I think Dayton Wichita can go either way. I personally picked Wichita, but, you know, you do you on that one. Sure. You, there's no wrong answer. Potential matchup, rematch, Wichita State, Kentucky. The roles are reversed now. Kentucky being the higher seed, Wichita being the team that's way underseeded. Right. I think that could be a great game because Kentucky, while they're talented, everyone knows all about Malik Monk, Darren Fox. It's a team whose defense has been pretty inconsistent. Monk is their only real shooter. Mm-hmm. The Shockers are so good, too, dude. The Shockers are not just, like, winning every game. They're pounding teams. Yeah. Like they are, like, winning every game by 20. So is this a function of the Missouri Valley being bad this year, and usually the Missouri Valley is one of the better mid-major conferences? No, the, it's pretty similar to how it always <laughs> is. It's just, I mean, Illinois State was a great team. Like, right. finally, Wichita had, like, a legitimate competition in okay. the Missouri Valley, right? Uh, they tied, I think, for the regular season title. However, just no one respects Wichita. Like, yeah, it's the conference. It's like no one will play them in the non-conference schedule. So anyways, Dayton-Wichita, that's going to be a sick game. What's Dayton have to offer in that? Oh, Dayton. Tell me about Dayton real quick. Archie Miller, the hot rising coaching candidate. That's right. He's basically staying there so he can get, like, the Duke-Carolina, like, one of those, like, big, huge jobs that everyone wants. Maybe he gets the Indiana job if they go on a run. Uh, so <laughs> Let's they, fire Tom Crane right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, you know, they got my boy, Scoochie Smith, who's been in the <laughs> tournament for a few years. You got to love Scoochie. Also, being from Chicago, I don't have a favorite college basketball team because no one in Chicago cares about college basketball. My bias is the Chicago kids. Dayton has so many Chicago kids. They have Kendall Pollard in the front court from Simeon High School, where Jabari oh, yeah. and D. Rose went. Sure. They have Josh Cunningham from Morgan Park. They have Kyle Davis from Simeon. So they just have a bunch of Chicago kids. Uh, they have this dude, Charles Cook, who's one of the better kind of like low-tier scorers, okay. like someone you might not know about. I put him 31 in my list of the top 50 players you need oh. to know in March Madness. Go read that today on SBNation.com. Good plug. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I just think that Dayton's really solid. They don't have any holes in the lineup. That's why I like Dayton. Mm -hmm. They have good big men. They have experienced guards. They have shooters. They have a brilliant coach. No holes for them. In Wichita, it's like, you want a name. Here's a draft sleeper, Marcus McDuffie out of Wichita. No one knows Marcus McDuffie. 6'8", 220 wing, defends at a high level, pretty athletic, shoots about 36 37%. I like Marcus McDuffie as a sleeper, maybe in the Robert Covington type. Ooh. Don't get too excited. Speaking I know how much you now. love Roko. <laughs> uh, so that's just a game that I like. Cool. Just throwing that out there. Cool. I, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely a matchup that's been highlighted a few times over, mostly because, and I want you to kind of just give us like the, the elevator pitch on what the Ken Palm rankings are, uh, because that's something that's been quite controversial, specifically to Wichita. And we might talk about this a little more as the pod goes on. But Wichita, I believe, had a top 10 in the country, Ken Palm. Yeah. And, they're all in ten, Ken Palm in a 10 seed. <laughs> right. So tell me yeah. about why that little juxtaposition makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really know what the factors that go into it is, but basically it's efficiency rankings. Okay. It ba- takes out, it's similar to, like, you know, the the pace stats mm-hmm. in the NBA. You Got know? it. It's, it's the same thing. So it's, like, efficiency stats, and then I think they also factor in margin of victory. So Wichita just pound in teams the yeah. whole season has kind of, like, elevated their status. In Got that. it. Got it. Okay, so I, that was just one of the, the little quick hitters where people had like a one stat going one way and a team's ranking going the other. Sure. Because as an overall, there's there's probably plenty of that uh, that we can diagnose. Tell me, tell me the team in your opinion who is the uh, who got the least amount of credit aside from Wichita when it comes to seeding here. Someone who should be ranked way higher up with like a top four seed maybe who just isn't in that mold, or even maybe a a team who's a three or four who should have been a one or two. You tell me who you think is misseeded the most. All right, I'm gonna go. A li- I'm gonna change this question slightly because I don't. Go perfect answer to that but a lower seeded team that i like advancing the bracket i like that the too. smu mustangs they're ah, six seed okay i do think that they could be like they're better than florida state to me florida state's a three seed so i'm gonna say that smu's underseeded. okay i'm gonna say that smu can go on a run and here's why you like smu this is an nba podcast right yes, people yes. who listen to this yes. love the nba i think that smu is a very modern 2017 basketball team every starter is between six six and six eight Oof. uh Four forty percent plus three point shooters. So they got shooters everywhere. Their center Ben Moore from Chicago, Bolingbroke, <laughs> Illinois. He's like a six eight, kind of like a Draymond type. Obviously, he's not Draymond, but like at the college level, kind of similar sure. in the sense that he's short. He passes well. Uh, he's kind of a role man in a sense on the pick and roll. So I like Ben Moore as their center. I love Semi Ojale. He's a Duke transfer, and that sets up the possible meeting in the Sweet Sixteen: Duke versus SMU. Semi Ojale. Facing Coach K, who would not give him minutes, he transferred because Coach K wouldn't play him. He was a top forty recruit, and Coach K wouldn't—he couldn't get him off the line. Semi Ojale transfers to SMU, blossoms into a top twenty player in the country. He's a beast of a power forward. I really like him as a late first round draft pick. He's a little short; he's like six seven, okay. two thirty five, super jacked, athletic, shoots the three ball, scores from all three levels. Love him. They also have their point guard, 6'6 point guard, Shake Milton. Wears short shorts. His name is Shake. Shake Milton? What's not to like? Oh, man. Shoots the three ball. He's kind of like a uh, like a George Hill type of point guard, right? Okay. He's maybe not going to like beat you off the dribble, but tall, defend, spot-up shooter. So this whole team is super dope. Sterling Brown, Shannon Brown's little brother. No kidding. From, wow, Chicago. <laughs> Who would have guessed? He's like a three and D type <laughs> wing here, yeah. that that I like. Okay. I like him too. So I think SMU underseeded. I picked SMU over Duke. Okay, Duke, get out. I had a Duke's great. Yeah, Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, like yeah. Jason Tatum's playing some brilliant basketball right now. Kennard is a killer. We can talk about Duke all day. I pinpointed SMU as a team that could beat Duke about a month ago. I felt like I had to put my money 
where my mouth is. Granted, I'm broke. Yep. It might not be worth much. So it's, However, right. I'm going SMU over Duke. So tell me, if there is there a comp that SMU plays like in the ACC who did give Duke trouble this year? Oh, wow. I don't know. I, how about Notre Dame maybe Ooh, a little okay. bit? Like Notre Dame's a pretty good team there. Another team that spreads the floor, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a short center. I like this Notre Dame team, too. They got a tough opening round matchup against Princeton, who yeah. went undefeated in the Ivy. I think they win that. People don't realize Notre Dame's gone to the Elite Eight the last two years. They gave Kentucky hell that year oh, they yeah. had Towns. You might remember that. That was one of the better games yep. in recent NCAA tournament history. August was great. The, August, the big man. So yeah. good, yeah. Yep. Uh, this year they got Bonzi Colston. Bonzi Colston rules. He's a 6'5 center, the type of player who could not excel in the NBA. You wouldn't think. Maybe right. it'll be good. Who knows? But he's awesome at the college level. He has literally no neck. His head just sits on <laughs> yeah, his shoulders. 6'5, yeah. defends, passes, shoots the three. Bonzi Colson rules. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame. Here's my pitch on Notre Dame. This might be a blog post right here. Years, yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame football. Like, obviously, screw them. Hate them. Hate them. You don't like them. They're the Yankees. Can't stand Notre them. Dame basketball, kind of cool. Here's why. <laughs> they get no support. No. None of the Notre Dame football fans support the basketball program. At least that's a sense I get. Okay. Like, no one cares about Notre Dame basketball. So they're like a non-threat in terms of, like, an entity that's sure. very, like, powerful. Uh, the, great coach, Bray. Always spreads the floor. Always recruits shooters. Mm-hmm. He's had Jaron Grant. He's had Demetrius Jackson. He's had Pat Connaughton. Gets cool players. Now he's got Bonzi Colson. Mm-hmm. They go all in on offense, which we love. Yep. Uh, I just think that they're cool. Like I, it's a sweet team. You don't have to sell me on them. I also have them going. Uh, I have them beating Gonzaga and into the Elite Eight. Because um, people here in Notre Dame. Yeah. My, my r- roommate walked into the apartment when I was watching Duke versus Notre Dame. <laughs> And he was complaining, like, uh, yeah. Duke and Notre Dame. I'm like, nah, Notre Dame basketball, not that bad. It's a basketball not program. I got, yeah. I got news for Notre Dame fans <laughs> oh, out there. I like that. And I'm That's willing to take. go this far. But I, That's let's a take be, right there. Let's be honest with ourselves. You it mentioned inc- it. Two Elite Eights, I believe it was, yeah. in the last two years. Uh, yeah. That right there is more than Notre Dame's football program has done in the last, I don't know, since I would say prior to uh, uh, Charlie Weiss, right. or right around Charlie Weiss, we'll say when they were in the Fiesta Bowl getting tuned up by Ohio State, that was Brady Quinn. So, yeah, it's been a long time since they were, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some Notre Dame football. You're I a mean, Midwestern you guy. Manti Teo's breakthrough yeah. Heisman Trophy right, right, right. runner-up How, how could we forget that? Um, so the point being, though, that a guy like uh, Farrell, if you will, the, the point guard. Yeah, on Matt Farrell. Matt Farrell, who, by the way, is second cousins with an employee here at Vox Media. We, oh, cool. we root for him. We have some interest. To, in his success great family too really good people um you, that's a guy you can get behind um i, that, I like vj beecham shoots the hell out of the ball nba prospect i like Six beecham foot too. eight skinny skinny shooter yeah. shoots at the high level and like i said colston is like you got to see him to believe him yeah because he's so short and the no neck thing is such an astute thing i noticed that yeah. as well it's that the back of his head goes right into his jersey it's yeah. fantastic um <laughs> so uh so that's it that's notre dame um Okay, let me know right now who that mid-major is who's going to go the furthest in this tournament. And you can use Wichita again if you want, but obviously they have Kentucky in the second round. Every year there's a mid-major or two who seems yeah, to find dude, a I way. Got, I got so many. And, I, and obviously this is an NBA podcast, so yeah. no one knows those mid-majors. Right. Enlighten us, please. I'm going to tell you all of the mid-majors I have in the Sweet Six. <laughs> good, good, good. And then we'll just talk about one or two of them, whatever. That works. Nevada. Okay. Rhode Island. So Nevada, I have beaten like Purdue and Iowa State. Okay. So that's a tough ass route, that's too. It's really like, difficult. If they pull that off, I'm going to talk uh, a lot of smack about <laughs> it because like, I feel like I will deserve the credit. They're on the record. Should now. Nevada <laughs> go to the Sweet 16? Uh, Rhode Island, I got them over Oregon. That Oregon team, I re- and Creighton Salad, too, but 
I like rowdy men. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along, I got Wichita in the Sweet 16. Wichita over Kentucky, give it to me. I like <laughs> that one. I uh, got SMU, like I said, in the Sweet 16. I got SMU in the Elite Eight over Duke. And then UNC Wilmington. I got them over Virginia, over Florida. If you don't know much about UNC Wilmington, Mike Rutherford, my colleague at SBNation.com, he wrote a great profile of their coach, Kevin Keats. He came from Patino's coaching tree. Okay. Rutherford is a Louisville guy. Uh, he's tight and pretty tight with that program. So he told the story of UNC Wilmington's rise and Kevin Keats. Google that. It was a real good story. Uh, the team I want to talk about, though, is Nevada. Okay. Because it's an NBA podcast. Yeah, that's right. And Tell me about Nevada. Nevada's got some interesting things about them. First of all, they got this. So the one thing you know about Nevada is they had this like insane comeback. Uh, I got to Google it real quick <laughs> just so that we have the exact... So they were down 25 points in 74 seconds, and they came back. How does that even happen? Honestly, how did that happen? I think I may have missed that. Uh, <laughs> that is a completely ridiculous. That's, that's worse than Northern Iowa's implosion up 12 with 48 seconds last year against Texas A&M, if we can all remember that. Okay, I'm sorry. Loss. It was a 14-point deficit okay. in 75 seconds. Uh, the headline I was reading was mis- misleading. It was not from SBNation.com. It was from a competitor. That's why you only trust SBNation.com. <laughs> but it was a 14-point deficit in 74 seconds. That's ridiculous. Yep. That's the first thing everyone knows about them. Now, they have an NBA prospect in the front court. Cam Oliver, 6'8", 225, shoots it from distance, real athletic, real strong. Problem is, not a great motor. But when he's locked in, he's, he's like talented as hell. Like a motivational right? like, motor, you're saying? Uh, like it's, he's he doesn't not, always play not super always hard, there. Guess, okay, right? got yeah. it, got it. But super talented. Like, he is the type of player a Mountain West team does not have. A 6'8", 230-pound athlete who shoots from three, like, NBA-level talent right there. Yeah. Jordan Caroline, 6'7", like, 240, jacked. Simeon Rice's son. So he's got it no in his kid. genes to be a great player. Is he from Chicago, too, then? Uh, he's from Champaign, actually. Champaign. Okay, well, no, I mean, Simeon Rice was a, a high school teammate, I believe, with with Donovan? Is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, Mount Carmel. Carmel. yeah boom. Uh, See, I know some Chicago go, stuff. You know, Ricky, it, come on. you know what's up. So uh, Jordan Caroline, he was at Southern Illinois. Okay. He was playing, like, center or power forward or whatever. He's like, I want to be a two-guard. They're like, you can't be a two-guard. So he transfers. And now he's playing two-guard at Nevada, He's really skilled on the perimeter. He's, like, just a very strong guy. He looks like a defensive end. He should be a football player. Right. right. Uh, but they'll slide him up and down the lineup, too. Like, they'll go super small, and they'll have him, who's not even that small. They'll have him in the front court. Right. He's cool. They also have this dude, Marcus Marshall, who's a transfer from James Madison, averaging 20 a game. So you got three studs for Nevada. Granted, I've, I've heard their Ken Palm rankings aren't great. I've heard that, you know, <laughs> their tempo and their defensive efficiency aren't what you want. However, I'm a big picture guy. Yeah. I see three players that I like. Right. Give me that team. I don't care. Makes We're riding easier. with the Wolf Pack. Yeah, that's right. Shout out to Kevin Nash <laughs> and uh, who else was in the Wolf Pack? Scott Steiner. Sure. Scott Hall. You're not a wrestling guy. I used to be a wrestling now, guy. That's what I'm saying. Right, the 90s so, wrestling. Guy. So the Wolf Pack in the, the 90s was. Uh, Oh, man. It was Kevin Nash, who was the tall, blonde-haired guy. Yeah. Right. The, the we, wrestling people are going to get on us for not You know, it's funny this. because one of my favorite podcasts is uh, the 10-Minute Podcast. It's a, it's a good plug for them. Uh, hopefully people go listen to that. It's like uh, Will Sasso and this guy named Tommy Blacha, and they were, they were writers. A couple of them were writers for the Attitude Era, and so they interject, like, uh, NWO music over on top of each other there consistently. It's super funny. I, I appreciate it. Um, we but talk no, about Rhode Island quickly. We, we should. We should because I, I had mentioned you before the podcast. That I liked Rhode Island a lot, and part of it is because Creighton's injuries, uh, we should say, injuries and then disciplinary things. Uh, uh, Watson, who was quite a good player, and he left the team for an injury, and then while injured, uh, has left Something the school. Happened, yeah. Right. So for some other stuff, let's not speculate on that, but he could be in some trouble there. Um, 
So without that that guard there, I see a lot of similarities in in the physicality and athleticism. How Rhode Island's going to play Creighton as to similar uh, similar to how Villanova just did uh, in that uh, Big East final, and that yeah. was not a very good game. You've Rhode Island going a couple rounds in, and I kind of agree with that as well. So I got Rhode in the through. Sweet Sixteen. Talk so. me through Rhode Island. There's no Lamar Odin, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. So the Creighton Rhode Island matchup interesting because you have two big physical guards in that game. Rhode Island's EC Matthews tore his ACL uh, last year, ten minutes into the season. Oh. His comeback this year, real good. Uh, lefty, lefty, right? Lefty, yep. athletic. He he had a big dunk in the uh, in the conference tournament. He's someone who could just get up, throw it down. Uh, powerful guard. Like, he's going to the hoop. You can't stop him. Yep. However, who does Creighton have? They have Kansas State transfer Marcus Foster, who mm-hmm. left Bruce Weber's program. Because Bruce Weber is not a very cool person. <laughs> and he's come to Creighton to play for Doug McDermott's dad. And he's, like, another, like, bowling ball guard, basically. Yep. Like Marcus Foster is going to the hoop, daring you to stop him. He can also shoot the three a little bit. So I really just like that guard matchup. Uh, that's something to watch. Like, those two dudes... Uh, for the people who listen to this podcast, I'm just assuming they like love NBA Summer League, right? Well, that's true. Is that it's a generalization? True. That is very accurate, All right, actually. So both yeah. of those guys are going to be sick in NBA <laughs> Summer League. Like EC Matthews, Marcus Foster, both be great Summer League guys. Could they be like second round picks, free agent, yeah, like uh, accepted free contract agent, guys? Free agent yeah. guys, second round picks. Yeah. Like they're good. But the yeah. thing in college, right? Yeah. Everyone's a guard. That's right. So to be a guard, it doesn't matter how, look at Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell owned the Big Ten. He was the best guard in the Big Ten for two years. There was no chance Yogi Ferrell was going to get drafted. It's like, well, he's not big. He's not fast. He's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. So it's like no one's going to give him a chance because everyone's a guard. Right. But then he gets a chance. And immediately he's like better than everyone the Mavericks have had in five years. Yeah. Guard, Don't right? tell the so Nets. Like, but yeah, yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah. So and it's like with, a, with guards like that, like I know that people are thinking, oh, undraft free agent, who cares next? But it's like you never know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's uh, the TJ McConnell thing. We've been over this the last podcast when we had Tim Cato on. We said, like, who's a better NBA player? And the answer is we're not really sure, but they're both NBA players. And to your point, they came kind of out of that small, very good in college. TJ McConnell was really good at Arizona. Farrell was really good at Indiana. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for guys who are going to understand the game and continue to I'll learn take the TJ game. TJ in that discussion, too, by the way. Thank you. I also made that argument. Mike, my colleague who's not on the podcast right now took Farrell probably in the face of what I thought um, I want to get two other thoughts well we got some other stuff to talk about but I want to know from uh, from the group of players who are not national names who's going to be after this and from the group of players who are already national names who's going to help their stock even more so talk me through that maybe then that Miles or or, or um, uh, who we just talked about, Foster from Creighton. Talk me through maybe that guy who's going to be the breakout player from a mid-major whose name we're going to know. Uh, Are we talking from an NBA draft perspective? Or yeah, like who's going to bust? Yeah, let's, let's try to do that. Let's try to say, let's right. tie this together in some capacity to our NBA fans here. Let's say, like, you don't know him now. He does not play for Duke, and he does not okay. play for Kentucky. Okay. Who's in our extensive pre-production meeting, we mentioned him a little bit, but I love Donovan Mitchell okay. on Louisville. Yes. Donovan Mitchell, this is going to sound sacrilegious to all of the NBA bros <laughs> listening to this. He's got Westbrook-level athleticism. I'm sorry. I said it. It's Westbrook-level. He is insane, dude. He is 6'3", 215-pound rocket ship. Yep. Similar to Westbrook, when Westbrook was at UCLA, it was a two-guard. The question was, uh, could he play point guard? We don't right. know. Mitchell, same position. He's a natural two-guard. I think he's going to defend his ass off. And yep. the thing with uh, the NBA nowadays, like you have so many non-traditional point guards becoming the de facto point guard to their team. As That's a Bulls right. fan, Jimmy Butler. The Bulls suck unless Jimmy Butler is the point guard. <laughs> Giannis. Yes, uh, good example. Ben Simmons. Yep. 
LeBron, James Harden, all these guys. Yeah. So what do you need next to those oversized point guard, ball handler, hybrid types? You need someone who can defend point guards, someone who hit a spot-up jump shot, and someone who can hopefully like add a little zazz in transition. Is zazz the proper term? Yeah, I think that is actually the definition sure. of, a, so, of a special. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, I think he's going to be a high-level defender right away. The dude is a freak athlete. Please just Google Donovan Mitchell dunks, and yeah. like he is exploding for tip dunks from like half court basically and darting and just yep. dunking on several people you talked about motor too you know high motor player. he runs a a difficult system to to be running up and down and he runs it with a smile on his face high motor guy um i like mitchell you think donovan mitchell's someone and he's averaging we should say like almost 16 five and a couple over two steals a game just yeah you know, as, as for the activity level that you're talking about is he someone who's going to sneak into that back end of the lottery I think he could. As a Bulls fan, I w- I'd want the Bulls to take Donovan Mitchell. Okay. So like, why not? Sure. I think he'd fit well with the roster. The Bulls are slow and just unathletic <laughs> and bad and just like all these negative descriptors I could think of. Uh, yeah. Donovan right. Mitchell is elite athleticism. So his three ball, he's not a shooter. He's taken six and a half threes a game, and he's okay. hitting 36% pretty good he's had three games this year he's hit six threes <laughs> the shooting is still a question mark but some of these other guys where the shooting is also a question mark it's like all these dudes a lot of them who are like fringe prospects are like oh well if he becomes a consistent shooter we'll be right right you can say that about every single sure, player it's sure. like we get you know and shooting is important <laughs> however i trust him on the jump shot just as much as i would trust like justin jackson on north carolina who draft express has projected in the lottery he was another player who couldn't really shoot the three before this year yep. this year he's making the three is he a shooter? No, but he's making some this That's year. Right. It's like, I, and in that comparison, give me Mitchell over Jackson because Mitchell's a way better athlete. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I Mitchell like can Donovan create Mitchell. his own shot a little bit yeah. too. I've watched Jackson play a lot over the last couple of years now, and and the one thing you can you can kind of pinpoint is that you know North Carolina does a lot of working through their bigs to get open shots for their wings, and Jackson Jackson's hitting a lot more kick out spot up threes, whereas Mitchell is playing a lot more on on the ball. Uh, so I, I like I like Mitchell a lot. That's a good one. Okay, tell me about from those power conference teams the the guys who we've heard about all year. So you know, call it from Ball from UCLA, Mark and him from Arizona, uh, uh, Josh Hart from from Villanova. Whose stock are we going to see get that buddy healed bump this year? Where they might have been a lottery player, but now they're like being discussed in that top five or so, even higher. Uh, I really like Josh Hart. I think Josh Hart <laughs> rules. I agree with you. So Josh Hart, it's like. <laughs> He's someone who I like uh, because he can do one thing, and that's defend. I think he's going to be able to defend at an NBA level. Uh, and, I I mean, he's just gotten so much better this year. It's like, how does he top a junior year where he's the best player on a national championship team? Yeah. Uh, and he's done it this year by just becoming the best player in college basketball, probably. I mean, he's probably, probably going to win the National Player of the Year award. He is the two-way wing uh, that, uh, you know, can you defend NBA-level athletes? Like, you hope so, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I really like Josh Hart, man. Josh Hart is one of those dudes. Do you play? Uh, you got hurt playing pickup. Right? I, I got so hurt I, playing organized. Yeah, yeah, but yes, I tore my Achilles playing that. I'm yep. sorry. Bring that up. Uh, it's, uh, uh, now it hurts that we just started talking. I'm just kidding. It's all good. Here. What I was going <laughs> to say is like yeah. I play pickup every Monday, and you know how when you play pickup, there's like one dude who gets every loose ball, yeah. and you're like, shit. I wish I had that guy on my team. Uh, Curse away. He, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> he's that guy. He gets every yep. loose ball. Oh, and by the way, he's national player of the year level player right so he's just like hyper competitive 
extremely coachable. Extremely coachable. You, know, you mentioned how he's gotten better. He's gotten so much better year over year, even from last year to this year. His three-point shots improved this year. He's someone who uh, my, my only knocks on him, he's not a great ball handler. He doesn't really create his own shot that well. He's kind of bully balls a little bit yeah. in college, which you're not going to get Straight line with. driver. Bingo, exactly. Yeah. Um, not overly explosive, but athletic. Um, and I think he's going to be like where he'll be drafted will be the right situation. He's going to almost be lucky to not be someone picked in that top 10, top 12, but he could definitely go in that like 15 through 25 where he could find a team, if not even maybe a little later, depending on. He'll be 23 by draft time. Yeah. Uh, actually, he just turned 22. But he'll you be know, 23 next season. This draft has been talked about as being so good. I really like the top nine prospects in this draft. Mm-hmm. And after that, I think it gets a little slippery. And I'm just looking at some of these dudes like uh, John Collins. I mean, good player. He could, yeah. he could be good. I don't I know nothing about John Collins, to be honest. Miles <laughs> um, Bridges, like, love watching him don't really know what his fit is going to be in the nba jackson i'm not super high on justin Patton. it's like who needs a center who cares right, whatever right. uh Patton's on creighton too like luke Kennard, like yes he's amazing in college was like eh, i don't know in the nba rab i don't know but give me josh hart i like yeah. josh hart better than all those guys even though those guys are all projected like 10 picks higher than sure, on draft sure. express I'll roll with Josh Hart because he is just a gamer. Yep. And I, I'm I hate myself for saying it. I think he's a winner. Oh man. Does he score the ball well too, Ricky? <laughs> just kidding. What's, what's he I'm just kidding. Sixteen a game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He scores pretty well. Oh, that's score the ball talk. People hate when people say that. Uh, when announcers say score the ball because implicitly there's only one thing uh, you can score, uh, and that's oh, the ball. Oh sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> having said that, all right. So now that we've finally reached this this part of the pod where I have to put some uh the the rubber to the road, um Tell me your final four, your finals matchup, and, and how you see that going. So my final four is Villanova. I have Villanova running through that east bracket. I have SMU over Duke, as I mentioned. So, like, obviously that east bracket is a collision course between Villanova and Duke. Duke's been playing amazing lately, man. Yeah. You can spend the whole time talking about Jason Tatum. Yeah. And, uh, Harry Giles starting to play better. Kennard being insane. I like SMU, though. Screw it. I'm rolling with SMU. Uh, yeah, stick with then, your guns. I got Nova beating SMU in the Elite Eight. Nova going to the to the Final Four. Yeah, and I will say too, I was really excited that Tatum had underplayed this year because I thought he was going to nestle perfectly into where the Sixers will be picking at five, yeah. most likely. He's playing himself into a potentially like number two pick now. So you don't uh, want. I'd love to have Tate, uh, Tatum on. That. I think he'd be the perfect complementary wing, small forward hybrid. He's athletic as hell. He's also someone who apparently is getting better like every 45 minutes on the basketball court. He's yeah, learning a new ability, um, which I which I absolutely love to see. Um, a lot of the Duke freshmen over the last four years, a lot of their like highly touted guys had gone into the tournament with no momentum. And that has consequently, I mean, you, even Joel Okafor, when they won yeah. the NCAA tournament, it was Tyus Jones who was the reason why. Yeah. Okafor barely played the, in the final. Yeah. Um, uh, you can go through the other bigs uh, or the other, you know. Um, Jabari. Jabari, exactly. First round loss for Jabari. Yeah. Plus yeah. Mercer. Mercer, exactly. So with Tatum, though, I feel like it's the opposite. He is just starting to scratch this potential, and teams are, uh, I think, ultimately, that's his ceiling is the ceiling for Duke, as you kind of got to see in the ACC tournament. Um, because the other guys, like you said, are a little bit more consistent. You kind of know what you're going to get from Grace Allen and Kennard. I love you picking SMU there. The easiest path for Villanova, the better for me. I'm a Villanova Mustangs. fan. Mustangs. Uh, you know you know who the Mustangs two celebrity fans are? Uh, it, it couldn't be any funnier, and it's like not that funny because <laughs> one of them's bad. But who is it? Tony Romo and George W. Bush. Well, I know the library there two, is named after are Bush. Are there two celebrity fans? That's just that's. I'm gonna say that's gold. Hey, it's a and, Dallas suburb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, All right, I mean, so that's my East. In Villanova the west, out of the East. In the West. Yes. 
you just do not respect Gonzaga. Let's talk about that. You hate Gonzaga. Yeah. You don't like the Zags. I've been shell-shocked before by being the contrarian who's like, this is the year. This is the Gonzaga okay. team. And then every year you hear about how this is actually Gonzaga's team. So Adam Morrison team. broke your heart. <laughs> yeah, I probably rolled with Adam Kelly Morrison. Kelly Olenek just stomped. Yes, stomped Kelly, Kelly Olenek, his ponytail in my in my nightmares. Um, uh, what's his name? Little lefty uh, guard from... Uh, Pangos? Kevin Pangos? Not Pangos before him. Was it with a D, like Dirtick or... or uh, Matt Bolden. Now, even before Bolden. Oh, that's okay. Nonetheless, Whatever. we could go through the years and years of little Stockton, of all the little decent players that Gonzaga yeah. has helped. Now, Gonzaga's got real athletes this year, though. They got two McDonald's All-Americans. They're all transfers. That's what people don't realize about Gonzaga this so year. So, which is new. Who are their transfers and where are they from? So, yeah, their best player is Nigel Williams-Goss. He's a transfer from uh, Washington. Yep. He was McDonald's All-American. He's like 6'3", really athletic. So he's like the opposite of Kevin Pangos. Gonzaga's <laughs> always got these guards who are like productive. Like Duke spent four years, or uh, Gonzaga spent four years grooming Pangos, right? Mm-hmm. As their starting point guard. Like obviously he had physical limitations. He's yep. a really productive college player. It's like, that's cool. Then they played Duke in the Elite Eight, and they're like, oh, well, he's just going to get run off the floor. Shit. That's yeah. not going to happen right. to Nigel Williams-Goss. He's just like a good player, good-ass guard, right? Right. So... I do like Gonzaga. I'm hyping him up, and I still picked against him. I picked Arizona. <laughs> I picked Arizona to go to the Final Four. Uh-huh. Arizona's Arizona. playing some great ball right now. They yep. have arguably the best coach in the country in Sean Miller. They have three stud freshmen who have been carrying the team the whole season. Lori Markin, and everyone knows about him, the Finnish seven-footer who just strokes from anywhere. Yep. Uh, Kobe Simmons. I kind of like Kobe Simmons. Kobe Simmons, I saw him at the NBA Same. or at the uh, McDonald's All-American game for the first time. This is going to sound mean, but who cares? I don't think Kobe Simmons is listening. What I said was Kobe Simmons is an NBA player from the shoulders down. What would determine his future is if he could get it from the shoulders sure. up. Hopefully that's not too mean. Uh, hey, that's He's fair. been real productive this yep. year, though. Like I didn't think Kobe Simmons would be this good right away, and he is. He's averaging sure. like double-digit points. He's been solid. They also have Raleigh Alkins. He's one of my breakout sophomores for next season, assuming he comes back. Alonzo Trier is their current breakout sophomore. He's someone who was a McDonald's All-American, came back. He's just like a He's a bowling ball. Yeah, basically. and missed like, the first game of the year against the first time they played uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga this right, year, which yeah. is very important he to note. missed the first 19 games of the season with, with a PED suspension. Yeah, which is a little um, bit weird, but that's okay. He's a really good player. You know what, though? I, I think we're about the same age. I grew, We grew up in the steroids era of baseball. We did. Loved it. Loved it. It was great. Bring it back. Bring it back. Made baseball fantastic. Yeah. I was, was watching great. random Cubs-St. Louis games. Yeah. I mean, that'll never happen. That was, yeah. that was a good time. Uh, <laughs> so I've got Arizona. I just think that... They're a team with, uh, like, how do you guard Markkinen? Right. I don't know. How does anyone guard Markkinen? He's seven feet tall, and he shoots super fast. He's got really <laughs> quick release. He's good. Uh, Trier is just like a bulldog. And then you've got Alkins. You've got Simmons. You've got Parker Jackson Cartwright, who's, like, 5'6", and is just, like, tough hate as to nails. Play, hate to play against guys like that. Uh, yes. He's like the Tyler Ulis of this yeah. year. He's not as good as Ulis, but he's he's similar in the sense <laughs> that he's short and still pretty good. He's a sophomore? Uh, junior. Junior, okay. Okay, he was Ulis's age. I, I wanted them uh, to... <laughs> I had a tweet like three years ago saying that they need to play for in an elite eight like every <laughs> year for the next three years. Anyways, we, got, we got a glimpse of that with the Isaiah Thomas uh, Ulis uh, tip, which was fantastic. Oh, was so good, so ago. good. Uh, Tyler killing it too. Love Tyler, <laughs> Chicago guy. Yep. So Arizona, I got them. Them versus Villanova, I got uh, Nova in the title game. On okay. the other side of the bracket, Kansas. Kansas was my preseason pick. Spoiler alert: I picked Kansas to win it all over Villanova. I just haven't seen anything from Kansas that has dissuaded me from picking them. They were my preseason pick. Why not roll with them? I feel like this year there's like six teams you could choose, seven teams, eight teams, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I like Kansas. They have elite guards. Frank Mason, Frank Mason the third. NBA fans might not know the name. Guess what, guys? He's the National College Player of the Year. It's him or Josh Hart. It's two man race. He's five foot ten. He used to be committed to Towson. He gets rap songs named after him. He <laughs> is a folk hero. He's awesome. He just hits big shots. If any college basketball player is going to do the Sam Cassell big balls taunt, it's Frank Mason Jr. That's a prediction I'll put on the record Man, right now. If anyone's going to do it, it's him. Yeah. yeah. If anyone's <laughs> going to do it, it's him. I got them over Louisville. Don't feel great about it. Louisville could lose to Michigan in that national title game rematch from 2014. Yep. Uh, Oregon, certainly, you know, if they get through, they could give Louisville some trouble. But I like Kansas to get through. I think Kansas is the easiest road to the Final Four in the Midwest. That's so, my thought, too. Nice path there. I want to know, though, they did lose to TCU as a one-and-done. It was, I guess, the second round of the Big 12. Josh tournament. Jackson was suspended. Jackson was suspended, but something else had to have happened in that game to lose to a TCU. A TCU was better this year, we should say. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like... Jackson's important, clearly. Is there going to be any, uh, uh, like, hangover from the suspension from maybe... I don't know. You tell me. He was suspended for what is still kind of an ongoing shady call. situation. It was a makeup call. It was call. a makeup call. Yeah, it was a makeup call. By so the university. Kansas actually has, like, a ton of like not cool stuff flying around the program right now <laughs> right uh, we don't need to get into that but you can google it if you want to find sure out. sure uh what i like about kansas though they've always played two post offense the joke was perry ellis was at kansas <laughs> since you know larry right. brown was there in the 80s <laughs> perry ellis is gone now right yep He's joined Danny Manning in retirement. That's right. <laughs> Perry Ellis is so young, he never owned a blockbuster card. That's how you know <laughs> he's young. Wow. Yeah. It's he's, crazy. he's like 22. I'm the last person you should talk to. I, I started balding at like the same age as him. So, yeah. you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Perry Ellis gone. Yes. They're no longer a two-post team. Now they play Josh Jackson, a nominal wing at the yep. four. Who's shooting better. He's shooting okay. Yeah. yeah. But Josh Jackson, NBA player comparison to Andre Aguidala. He's great. just a high-level player. Yeah. Super yeah. competitive defense, passes the hell out of the ball. Just like, I want him in my foxhole totally. when we're going to battle, yeah. right? Uh, so Jackson's playing the four. They start two point guards. The last four national champions in college basketball have started two point guards. <laughs> Ooh, there's Villanova a last year. Yeah, right. Villanova must, last year. Someone's been doing their homework. Hey, how about Duke the year before with yep. Quinn Cook and Tyus Jones? Yep. The year before that, it was Russ Smith and Peyton Silva, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And the year before, no, well, that was... Two years, two years before that. Yep. And then we had Ryan Boatwright and Shabazz Napier. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I like the two points. That's a very system. interesting. Because I, I always say this. Like, I, I think people, uh, if you don't have, if you have not watched college basketball year, there are blueprints. Okay, so I'll give you a good example. One of the reasons why I almost and always pick against West Virginia is because I pick against coaches who are too stubborn to change what they do based upon their opponent. That's Huggins. So they put circle Bobby Huggins. Uh, and then you like to pick teams who turn the ball over, do not protect the ball, and do not shoot good free throws. Or free throws well, I should say. Uh, West Virginia usually fills yeah. out all those criteria, right? And then who are they playing? Well, they're playing a team who fits the opposite of that. A Bucknell who takes care of the ball, shoots free throws well, well-coached mid-major. So I mean, that's a one reason I would pick sure. against them. So when you bring that up to like a bigger, better type of team, so yeah. like uh, bring it to the uh, top echelon, the Villanovas of the world, and you have last year Villanova ran, ran through three top ten teams yeah. in order to win the championship, and they did it by protecting the ball, hitting their free throws, hitting their open threes, and being well-coached. Like There's a recipe to some extent. Everybody you just named of those four who played two guards were all extremely well-coached teams, too. Yeah, and this Kansas team, dude, they've just got a lot of shooting. Yeah. They're weak in the middle. That's a problem. They start Landon Lucas, but they have been playing Landon Lucas over way better players for four years. Like yeah. They were playing him over Chick Diallo last year. Seriously. They played him over Cliff Alexander two years ago. It's like, all right, Landon Lucas, I've been saying he's not good for a long <laughs> time, but it's like they groomed him for this moment. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, you're the lone big man in the four-out attack. Uh, Devontae Graham is their other point guard next to Mason. He's, he's you know good. nominally off the ball. Dude, he is one of my yeah. sleepers this year. I would draft I like Graham, too. He takes nothing off the table. Yep. Really good defender, shoots the three, 
good facilitator. He's not, like, elite at anything, but, like, if we're talking about Yogi Ferrell types that could slip through the cracks, give me Devontae Graham. Really like Devontae Graham. Cool, cool. And that was Kansas over Louisville, but you said yeah. you could see Louisville losing to Michigan because, obviously, Michigan's playing real well right now, Crazy. and they've got another tournament-tested coach as well. Right. Um, so you look for those things. Uh, I want to get a quick thought in this while we're, while we're here in the uh, Midwest. Who do you like in that Miami-Michigan State game? I know it's an 8-9 game. You know what? This is the test of Izzo in March, right? It's like you just roll with Izzo in March because that's what you do. Right. I have Michigan State for that very reason. Michigan State blows. They're <laughs> yeah. not good, dude. They're, Larry they're Nagy's bad. got a nice March resume himself. And Larry Nagy's pretty good. Uh, Bruce Bowen, I believe his name is. He's a freshman two-guard in Miami. <laughs> that's a name to keep an eye on. All the draft nerds on draft Twitter are <laughs> getting real into Bruce Bowen. Okay. So All Bruce right. Bowen, summer league nerds, you're going to love him. Uh, <laughs> I still have Michigan State, though, because I love watching Miles Bridges. I don't know if you've seen much Miles Bridges. I have. He dunks everything. He yes. will dunk this podcast. Yeah, he'll, he'll in-game dunk too. this podcast. Yeah. He's not afraid to 360 to limit it up. He's great, man. I don't really <laughs> see how he fits in the NBA unless he's just like a primary scorer. Yeah. I, also, I don't care. I just like watching yeah. Miles Bridges play basketball. <laughs> Someone's going to put a flyer on him early on in the first oh, yeah. round. He'll probably so. go in the lottery just because, yeah. you know, 6'6", six, six, super athletic, shooting the three ball pretty well. You also have Nick Ward. Ooh, here's something I like. So Nick Ward... <laughs> I love when a program will like have a guy who's really successful, and then they'll use that archetype to recruit in the future. San Diego State does this. Yes. Every guy San Diego State recruits is just like Kawhi. He's 6'7", <laughs> I mean, he's super athletic, he plays great defense, he can't shoot. <laughs> Kawhi maxed out his potential. But they draft, or they recruit, San Diego State does, yeah. all these guys who are rough shells sure. of Kawhi Leonard, right? Michigan State this year finally has the Zebo they've always been looking for. His name's Nick Ward. He's a freshman from Ohio. Short, little chubby, <laughs> real good around the basket. Yep. I love Nick Ward. He's really come into his own late in this season. He's going to be someone who's going to like totally kick ass if he right. stays in school for two, three years. Uh, he's Zebo 2.0. That's All what right. I'm saying. I like that. That's funny. All right, Zebo 2.0. When you try to fill the mold of someone who is almost cut from his own cloth, right. like a Zebo, uh, never easy. All right, so let's go to the South. Oh, the South is ridiculously tough. Very the South tough. is so hard. Especially for the people who are on this pod or listening to this podcast who have been listening to the future pros that we like part of the uh, conversation. This is the South. This is where the, South the NBA draft lottery comes to absurd, hang out. Absurd, dude. Yeah. South is so hard. All right, but we got to start this off <laughs> by talking about the 16 seed. Yes. Texas Southern. Do you know anything about Texas Southern? Wow. Texas Southern has Trey Jefferson. Have you heard of him? Is he a Trey transfer? Trey Jefferson <laughs> is a five foot seven point guard who like disappeared for two years. Like literally he graduated college two, or high school two years ago. In, he's a freshman this year. <laughs> I have no idea what happened to him. He rose to notoriety on the mixtape level ah. as being a guy who wore sweatpants in AAU games <laughs> and was just giving everyone buckets. He does not give any cares in the world. <laughs> Trey Jefferson is awesome. He's someone who will shoot it 25 times. He's five foot seven. He might turn it over 10 times. Nice. He might get you 40. He is must-see TV. I want to see him just go balls to the wall. Oh, there's some North fun Carolina. point guards on North Carolina, he, too. And Carolina's a great team. Brit, I mean, Britt's a quite, uh, quite a strong, tiny point guard himself. Yeah. Uh, Carolina's great. Yeah. So Carolina, I nearly picked to go all the way. I was like, ooh, Carolina really good. Redemption, a lot of good holes. narrative. Carolina's just solid. I went with UCLA over him, <laughs> and I did that. I think that would be a great game. I don't have a lot of faith yeah. in my UCLA over Carolina pick. Uh but I feel it's toss up. It's going to be you, like. Do you have more faith? Tempo. Do you have more faith in your UCLA over Kentucky pick? Or are we actually going? Oh, we're going Kentucky losing to Wichita Bro, State. Kentucky's losing to Wichita State. <laughs> Marcus McDuffie, as I was saying. Marcus McDuffie <laughs> draft him. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, Kentucky's good. Like, I love Monk. I love watching Monk, and I love Same. watching Miles Bridges. Those are my two dudes I like watching play basketball this yep. year. Uh, 
but yeah, I've got Wichita State in that just because Wichita State is like awesome, and it would be a rematch of the. Do we talk about this already? It would be yep. a rematch of the yeah the great game. That's from right, a long time ago. So, Clay Anthony, uh, Clay Anthony, Julius Randall, all yep. your old friends. Yep, Van Car- Fleet. Van Fleet. This will be Car- the first Wichita team to not have Van Fleet or Ron Baker. In, Nick's, yeah, in like Nick's forty-four years. Star point guard. Ron <laughs> yeah, Baker. right. Ron Baker, who is by far the most beloved current Nick. Is he? Um, I think people love him. I love that. Yeah, I, it's well part of it I might be the, the irony, uh, and you know, which is like we have Carmelo Anthony and Porzingis, but Ron Baker is by far the most uh, right. popular player. Sure. Part of that has to do with the fact that people hate Rose. Um, I'm not speaking for the Knicks fan base. Sorry. I didn't want to put a Derrick Rose burn right in front of you here. Okay. Simeon's own, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Soft right. rules, though. That's the point. Uh, yes, yes. Wichita is like, good enough to be a three seed and they're a ten seed. Sure. UCLA is good enough to be a one seed and they're a three seed. Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's talented. I don't yep. know. Cincinnati, UCLA, really intriguing possible second round matchup. Cincinnati is all defense every yep. year. They got the same team every year. Every year. But, Talk about filling a mold. They yeah, always fill sure. a mold. But yep. they actually have two really good offensive players this year. Jacob Evans, sophomore shooting guard, 6'6". Six, six, Fills it up. He's really good. Kyle Washington, big man who can stretch the floor. He's a transfer from NC State. You might remember him battling Jarrell Martin on <laughs> LSU a couple years ago in a first round matchup. Uh, I like that's a tough. That's gonna yeah. be a tough game. Like UCLA's got to win that game. But I, I'll take offense over defense. Defense lame. I don't play defense. Yeah. When I play basketball. Give me all <laughs> Uh North Carolina, UCLA. Elite Eight game. That's the game of the tournament if it happens. Same thing with the Duke Villanova. Like, Seriously, hell yeah, that'll dude, be at the Garden me, too, dude. Give me those two Elite Eight games. That'd be nasty. Yeah, agreed. I'm agreed. going UCLA. UCLA Kansas in the Final Four. Kansas over UCLA. Kansas National Champs. Don't feel super confident about it. I feel like there's a lot of teams you could pick this year. Like you could take Duke, and I'm not going to argue with you. I have yep. losing the Sweet Sixteen. You could take Nova repeating over North Carolina, which Rutherford did. He even chose the exact same score. <laughs> score. I mean, why not? They're yep. both awesome. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here to argue against it. I like Kansas, though, for the reason that two point guards, both of them are awesome. They have a top five draft pick in Josh Jackson, who I want to go to war with. They have a lot of shooters. Svi Mikhaila. Yeah. Uh, Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Yep. He entered college at like 14 years old. Now he's like <laughs> 17 and he's still shooting threes. Yep. Uh, LeGerald Vick is another shooter there. I always like a team with pl- like a surplus of wings, right? And they have that with Svi and Vick. Uh, and then Lucas, I mean, I've been hating on him for so long, but it's like, let's go, man. They're playing you over my boy Cliff Alexander, so you better show something. Oh, man, is, is Cliff in the D-League right now? Yeah, dude, Cliff is playing say. hero ball in the D-League. Check out his usage rate in the D-League. <laughs> it's classic, like, big man hero ball. Yeah, Cliff is a classic example of someone who Cliff. needed a second year of college, unfortunately, but was being recruited over, I'm sure, simultaneously, as that works yeah. like that at Kansas, um, which is just a, it's a whole other uh, topic for discussion. All right, so we've really broken down everything right now. We've kind of gone through, I think, the full mix of, of topics here. Tell me, uh, last but not least, I'm going to finish with, tell me the, the conference who's going to disappoint the most, <laughs> the Big Ten, you could say it if you'd like, and and, um, and aside from the conference, who we think is uh, potentially going to get the most heat from this, then then I guess the last part of this would be like, give me that one specific little cheat code for people who are going to listen to this and fill out their bracket, right? Maybe like be as liberal as you want with upsets this year, which is something I think you've been hinting at plenty. So tell me the conference who, who should be afraid based upon some matchups you're seeing, okay. and then give me that that tip for the, I mean, uh, the Come fans. with the asterisk here. Like people watch college basketball through different lenses, right? That's right. right. That's right. Uh, I watch it for the players. I like players. A lot of people watch it for the conferences. I'm not a conference guy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really care. I, yep. Conferences, whatever. I don't, I don't really get why like people care so much about their conference, but hate the other teams in the conference <laughs> unless they're not playing their team. I, I don't really get it. College basketball fans are weird. But if you're looking for a conference that's going to disappoint, I mean, the Big Ten just sucks. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's not a good conference. Caleb Swanigan's awesome. He's got a really inspiring story. Yep. 
he was 380 pounds as an eighth grader, and now he's like Jack, 250 pound beast, putting up 20, 20 games every night. I remember when he verbaled to go to Michigan State. Oh yeah, you know, sure. which yeah. was a huge decommit yeah, there. So even then, he's gotten in better shape since then. Yep. And that was I wrote a big story about him. If you want to find out more about that, he just Google his name on SB Nation. <laughs> we'll, we'll plug you. Don't worry. We're yeah. gonna give you the last 20 minutes to plug the amount of good I stuff. About all doing. these guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, uh, um, I think he what, broke the Big Ten record for double doubles in a season. Did he not? Uh, or I don't know, but I, he's tied for the national lead in double doubles with. <laughs> Uh, Angel Delgado on Seton Hall, who also <laughs> owns with like 26 double doubles. No, I mean, I'm not a season. Purdue uh, connoisseur. Angel Delgado from, from Seton Hall, who's a heck of a player, uh, missed a layup that would have tied it up with yeah, Villanova in the semis tough. and took it really hard, but Josh yeah. Hart showed great sportsmanship. That's the thing there. Angel Delgado can really play. Um, I'm not a, a Purdue connoisseur, but he's probably the best pro prospect out of Purdue since Big, the big dog. dog, dude. The yeah. Big Dog. Yeah, he was their first um, Mr. Basketball okay. like, that they got from San Diego since Big Dog. So yeah, I mean, he's just high level guy, best best recruit in Purdue history, probably. Yeah, Kyle yeah. He's lived up to the hype yeah. in his sophomore year, taking a big step forward. He was, you know, we do the top one hundred every year, top one hundred players in the preseason. Sure. He was forty four wow. on our top one hundred. So like, and if you were to read that, do that now, he'd be yeah for sure. Top. Well, so I did the top fifty players in the tournament. I had him number three. Okay, so there, there you go. go. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's how much he's ascended. Look for that, everyone. That's on SB Nation's college basketball <laughs> page, um, <laughs> which you'll see most of it is is from Ricky. Um, so you'll be. Uh, be hard not to find them. Um, cool. And then what's that tip? Tell people right now that one blanket tip for this particular 2017 bracket. Okay. What blanket? I'm going to say is be liberal with the upsets early, but identify the big dogs you like and ride them all the way. If you like Duke, it's who cares, dude? Go with it. If you like Jason Tatum, don't get blinded by the fact that you've always hated Duke. <laughs> don't think of J.J. Redick when you're filling out this bracket. Do not think of Christian Leitner when you're filling out this bracket. Yep. If you love Jason Tatum, just go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Do not base off past performances when you're filling out this bracket. And then, you know, a lot of these, like, 11 seeds, 12 seeds, 13 seeds, it's like... To me, college basketball this year has that elite tier where there's like six, seven teams that can win the title. Everyone else kind of is not good. Yeah. So be liberal with the upsets early. You always want to pick upsets early because it's like whatever. Sure. Those games aren't worth that much and yep. if you're doing the standard bracket scoring. Uh, and then pick your pony and just ride them all the way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So everyone, go find your pony. Um, <laughs> Ricky's Pony is Kansas. I'm uh, going Kansas. Don't even, love it, but I like it. The even smaller miniature horse is SMU. Um, so there's a, probably a, a large dog too. underneath of that. What's that? They go by the ponies. They too. do go Mustangs, by the ponies. Yeah. That's right. Pony Express. That's a, a dark spot in the history of SMU sure. and a different sport. And we should say that they're just coming off. Well, maybe the reason why, to put it a little a little button on that, the reason why you aren't as familiar with this SMU team is they were ineligible for the tournament last, last year. year. yeah. <laughs> so, they're really good, too. So they're playing Larry for Brown something. Coach. Yeah, they were extremely good last year. Yeah, Larry Brown recruited all these players that's the other right. thing about smu it's like this is larry brown's vision right now they have tim jankovich as the coach uh, who is his you know top assistant last yep. year so yep yeah not, not like larry to leave a place after a short period of time oh, he, oh, all right <laughs> no i like lb i'm yeah. always going to be a fan of larry brown sure. he, he helped take the sixers to the uh, championship and and made iverson a more dedicated basketball player um Cool. This is great. Ricky, thanks so much for, uh, while you're here in New York, hopping oh. into a uh, little podcast with us here and sure. stepping in for Mike. Big shoes to fill, but Mike hates college basketball, guys. He'll be back for the next one, which will be 
an NBA podcast and probably less of this this college amateur inclination as only the best of the best, obviously. Sure. But uh, cool. Ricky, thanks again. You guys yeah. can find all of his stuff on SBNation.com. He is the college basketball editor for all of SBNation's college basketball content. Look for all the stuff he's putting out between now and the end of the tournament. He's already put out a lot. Go find out who he thinks are the top 50 players in this year's tournament. You can find it all on SBNation.com backslash NCAA. Um, and guys, as this tournament goes on, I'll be sure to kind of tie in the players who might make more sense to the NBA. We'll make this all one big holistic basketball world, not just this you know amateur and professional thing. But uh, until next time, everyone, this is the Limited Upside Podcast. 